These are um, some of my favorite weekends for church uh, to preach and to be a part, part of. And so today is Palm Sunday, and I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles to Psalm chapter 31. All the uh, scriptures are in your bulletin, but today we'll be walking through Psalm chapter 31, which we've been doing as we move toward uh, Easter. And I'm going to ask everyone, <clears throat> excuse me, to take out your bulletin and just turn it over. It's blank on the back side. There's a pen right in front of you. I'm going to give you a number of things to write down this morning, and uh, we're going to see what God speaks to us through His Word in Psalm 31. On Palm Sunday, we celebrate the triumphal entry of Jesus into the city of Jerusalem. What a magnificent day That must have been powerful, uh, just kind of all the sights and sounds of worship that would have taken place. And it's it's interesting because it's 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 a big moment, right? They they know something big is happening right at that moment. And so all this worship and all this praise and, and this big moment, and there is a big moment that's coming because they're saying, Hosanna, Lord save us, we pray. And So they know something's coming. Salvation is coming because that's why Jesus came. That's the whole reason Jesus came was to be our Savior. But that salvation isn't going to be easy. That week isn't going to be easy. That salvation comes at a very great cost. And on that day, Jesus presents himself as the spotless Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of people. And so this moment of joy within a week is going to lead to tremendous grief. And what was a very bright time will grow very dark. It's going to move from the triumphal entry to Good Friday and the cross. A question for your life, has your life ever grown dark? A moment when things looked like they were going pretty good, and then all of a sudden things turned around, and now I'm sitting in the middle of this suffering, I'm sitting in the middle of this difficulty. I mean, if we were honest, we would all raise our hands and say, yes, I've had those moments in my life. A National Geographic photographer was assigned to get photos of a forest fire. There was too much smoke at the scene, so he called the local airport and asked to hire a plane. No problem, they said. Come here and we'll have one waiting for you. When he arrived at the airport, a plane was warming up near the runway. He jumped in and said, let's go, let's go. And the pilot roared down the runway and soon they were in the air. The photographer looked out of the window and said, okay, fly over the north side of the fire and make three or four low-level passes. The pilot said, why would you want to do that? And the photographer said, because I'm going to take pictures. That's what I do. I'm the photographer. The pilot gulped. You mean you're not the flight instructor? Yeah, that day got very difficult for those two guys, right? They're in some serious trouble. And maybe we don't have it as bad as those two guys today, but uh, we've had difficult days. Hard weeks. We've gone through suffering and we know what it's like. And perhaps even today, 
is one of those days for you. That you're in the midst of suffering, maybe it's this week, maybe it's been a season, but I want to tell you this. Jesus knew what it was like to suffer. You're not alone. He knew. And what's interesting in the Gospels is that when he suffered, he usually went to the Psalms. And he said a psalm or he sang a psalm, and that's because David knew what suffering was like, right? It's part of the experience of living this life, and so David knows suffering, and so we're going to look at Psalm 31 together today, and I'll stop at every couple verses and we'll talk about it, but Psalm 31, beginning at verse 9, O Lord, help me again. Keep showing me such mercy, for I am in anguish, always in tear, and I'm worn out with weeping. I'm becoming old because of my grief. My health is broken. I'm exhausted. My life is spent with sorrow, my years with sighing and sadness because of all these troubles. I have no strength. My inner being is so weak and frail. When you look at that, that sums up David's life right here in this moment of his life. He's devastated. He is completely drained emotionally, physically, mentally. He, on a scale of one to ten of strength, David's at a zero. He says, I've got nothing left. And I think about David and I also think about Jesus and the kind of anguish he must have had in the Garden of Gethsemane when he's praying. And this is Jesus. And he's seeing what's coming and he's praying and drops of blood come out where sweat should be. That kind of anguish, that kind of suffering, that kind of hopelessness. Why did David feel this way in our psalm? Well, let's pick it up at the next verses. He says, my enemies say, you are nothing. Even my friends and neighbors hold me in contempt. They dread seeing me and they look the other way when I pass by. I'm totally forgotten, buried away like a dead man, discarded like an old broken dish, thrown in the trash. I overheard their whispered threats, the slander of my enemies. I'm terrified as they plot and scheme to take my life. David is facing trouble on every side. He has countless enemies. There are people out to kill him. And so there's these people and enemies that are plotting against him, but he also says in this verse that even my friends ignore me. Even the people that I should be able to count on, the people that I'm close to, even they're ignoring me. And when you have your enemies coming against you and your friends ignoring you, that's a pretty hopeless place. It's a terrible place to be in life. That is no condition anyone should have to live under, and yet that's part of the human experience. And I think about Jesus, who was facing the angry mobs that were yelling, crucify him, that his enemies were out to kill him, and you have his friends, his disciples, who are denying him and doubting him. And so Jesus knows what that's like as well. If we were completely honest, we would say, I feel that way too. Maybe not to the extent that David felt it or Jesus felt it, but we've all had those moments in life when we've just been gut punched and, and we feel absolutely hopeless, like there's nowhere to turn. That moment when someone walks out on you, 
or someone who shouldn't is ignoring you, or that time that you lose your job and you're let go and and you can't pay that bill, when someone starts lying about you, destroying your life and your reputation, that moment you feel a lump under your skin. The moment your teenage son or daughter storms out of the house and you have no idea where they went or if they're coming back. We've all had moments of hopelessness. So what do we do? What do we learn from this song? Let's look at the next verses. Pick it up in verse 14. I'm desperate, Lord. I throw myself upon you. For you alone are my God, my life, my Every moment, my destiny, it's all in your hands. So I know you can deliver me from those who persecute me relentlessly. Smile on me, your servant. Let your undying love and glorious grace save me from all this gloom. In spite of everything going on in David's life, this is what I love about David, this is what I love about the Psalms, is that no matter what was going on, he always turned himself back to the Lord. He always put his hope back in the Lord. He always trusted in the Lord. He relies on the Lord. He's honest with everything going on in his life, but then he relies on the Lord. He says, everything that I am, my whole life, my times, everything, God, it's in your hands. So I'm going to turn to you, God. He admits his need for God. He admits how desperate he is, and he just simply comes to the moment where he says, I trust you, Lord. I can't trust anyone around me, but Lord, I can trust you. In Jesus' life, he has to trust the Father. His enemies are out to kill him. His best friends have run away, and so Jesus has to trust the Father. And what I love about Jesus is how completely honest he is with the Father. As he's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, listen to the words of Jesus. He says, is there any other way? He knows what's coming. The anxiety and stress of that is causing drops of blood to come. Is there any other way? Father, is there any other way? Jesus was completely honest with the Father. And I love Jesus' heart in this because in that moment of desperation, is there any other way? He also prays this, not my will, but thine be done. And this is an interesting moment in the life of Jesus. And sometimes we're like, is Jesus having a crisis of faith? I mean, after all, Jesus is God. How could this even happen? And this is just what Jesus does his whole life. He's always done this. He always brings his will in line with the Father's will. That's, he only does what the Father tells him to do. He only says what the Father tells him to say. He, he just brings his will in line with the Father's will. He's like, Father, is there any other way? Is there any other way? but not my will, thine be done. He's just bringing his will in line with the Father's will. Is there any other way? If not, not my will, but thine be done. And when he says that, it doesn't end real well because he's going to be on the cross. And in that last moment, before he dies, in that very final moment, what does he say? Into your hands I commit my spirit. What words of trust What words of faith, what words of obedience into your hands I commit my spirit? 
when David's going through a hard time or Jesus is going through a hard time, they, they put their trust in God. That's our lesson for today. Here's the first thing I'd love for you to write down, and, and it's this. God in His grace, mercy, and covenant love will not fail to respond to your faith. God in His grace, mercy, and covenant love will not fail to respond to your faith. David was not left all alone to be defeated and killed by his enemies. Jesus, those last breaths on the cross weren't his last breath. There's a resurrection coming. And so in this, just know that when you trust God, because a lot of times when we get through a, into a hard situation, we try to fight back, we try to make a way, and we, we try to go, and, and sometimes we just need to trust God. Because in his grace, mercy, and covenant love, he will not fail to respond to your faith. How do we apply this to our lives? Well, here's the next thing I want you to write down. Suffering and difficulties in our life can lead to greater faith or it can shake our faith. When we have suffering in our lives, it can either lead to greater faith where we put our hope and our trust in God or it can begin to shake our faith. A lot of times when we go through these hard times, we try to figure it out. God, why is this happening to me? I want some answers, God. Let me give you some reasons for suffering, and, and I also want to look at how we relate to God in these reasons as well. Sometimes we go through difficulties because, or suffering because of something we've done. So next thing to write down. It'll be on the screen in just a moment. But, but sometimes we go through difficulties, we are suffering for something we've done. It's the negative side of the law of sowing and reaping. That idea of, okay, well, I've sown something bad, so I'm reaping something bad. I'm reaping the consequences of my sin. And I think in the Old Testament of, of the children of Israel, who oftentimes just turned their back on God and followed other idols, and then the consequences came upon them. And a lot of times we think, okay, well, God, if I do something wrong, God's really going to punish me bad. Listen. God is waiting with open arms of love for you to return to him. You weren't meant to live in the consequences of your sin. He's saying, come back to me. Return to me. Repent and come to me. That's what I, that's what I love about David. David suffered a lot of the consequences of his sin, but he always said, God, I want you. He always repented. He was always in God's presence. He always came back to the Lord. And when you come back to the Lord, what David was a man after God's own heart, as messed up and sinful as he was, I just love David that he just always ran back to God. That's what God is looking for you. If you are suffering, if you are going through that difficult time and it is your own fault, return to God. He has open arms of love. He's welcoming the prodigal home. He's not beating you up. You're just suffering the consequences of your sin. Come back home. You don't belong in your sin. You belong with Him. Amen. The second thing, sometimes our suffering and difficulties are out of our control. They're out of our control. It's some other thing that is coming against us. It's outside of what we can handle. Maybe it's something evil coming against us. I think of the story of Joseph in the Old Testament where his brothers sell him into slavery. And that wasn't Joseph's fault. And you say, well, he probably shouldn't talk about the coat of many colors. Told him the dreams. 
Listen, it's not Joseph's fault. It's his brother's fault. His brothers sold him into slavery and started this tragic series of events that lasted decades in Joseph's life because some evil was done to him. It wasn't Joseph's fault. It was, it was someone else's fault. But, but what do we learn from that story? Is that even though they plotted evil against me, God turned it around for good. All right? So if somebody comes against you and it is not your fault and you are suffering and you're going through difficulties, listen, God is going to take care of you. And you may not get out of suffering right away because our first prayer, okay, God, no more suffering. Please, 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 no more suffering. God had a plan for Joseph. Joseph's going to be second to the world leader, okay? He is going to save entire civilizations with prophetic uh, understanding and, and, and managing a way God would tell him to manage. I mean, he's got a, God's saying, look, I got something a lot bigger for you to do, Joseph. It would have been great there, but trust me, this is going to be worldwide. This is big. So you're going to go through a few things, and it wasn't your fault, but you're going to go through these things. But I got something big for you. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, if you're going through suffering that isn't your fault, God has not abandoned you. Because it says whether he was in the pit or he was in the prison, it said that God was with Joseph. He was never alone in his suffering. He was never alone in his difficulty. God was with him and God repaid in even greater ways. The third thing is, and this is probably true of, of most of our suffering, most of our difficulties, is that suffering, sometimes our suffering and difficulties are just a mystery. It's just a mystery. You didn't do anything wrong. No one did anything to you. It's, it's, we live in a fallen world, and these things happen, and, and it's just a, a mystery. When I think about a story from the Old Testament that would make us understand this, I think of Job. We know what's going on because we can read the first few verses of Job. Job didn't get to read the first few verses of Job. If he did, it might have been a different book, but he didn't get to read the first few verses of Job, and so he's like, what in the world is going on? And all his, his friends have all these answers for him, and, and they weren't right. And, and, and so what I love about Job is even though he had that day with God where he, he had it out with God, he always put his trust in God. I want to see God. I know my Redeemer liveth. I, I want to see God. I want to talk to God. He always put his trust in God. And what I love about Job, that at the end, he had more than he had at the beginning. God always took care of him. Even in the mysterious suffering, the mysterious difficulties, God blessed Job in the end. And let me tell you, whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, it might be absolutely mysterious. There may be no reason this side of heaven that we know, and it's just there's something going on that we don't know about. But trust God. Don't run away. He's got you, and he's going to take good care of you. And sometimes when we're looking for the reasons, and we're trying to figure it all out, and, and David went through his things, and Jesus went through his things, and, and we, all we need to do is just remember what Jesus did. Remember what David did. They just cried out to God. If it's your fault, someone else's fault, you can't figure it out, it's just a mystery, doesn't matter, cry out to God. That's the answer to all of it. Cry out to God. Here's eight things for you quick. I'm going to put them all on the screen. We're, I want to have a little time of worship at the end of today, and then we're going to have our meeting uh, before we pick up our kids for Ascension. So 
That's why I'm moving quickly. So I put all eight up there. You can write them down. I'll just talk to, through them. But these things are going to help you. They're going to tell you what to do when you don't know what to do. When you are suffering, when you're going through difficulties, what to do when you don't know what to do. And I'll talk about each one as we go here. So the first one is ask for God's help. Cry out to God. Start with prayer. Just as David did. Be honest with God. Jesus, honest with God. Just be honest with him. Ask for his help. Cry out to God. Number two, put your faith in him. God responds to our faith. He loves it when his children trust him. So put your faith in God. Number three, give everything to God. Give it all to God. When you're trying to figure it out and you're trying to find the answers, and a lot of times when we have the pain and the difficulties and suffering in our life, we try to fix all of those things. Stop trying to fix them and give it to God. Give everything to God. Next one is don't look for easy answers. You know, we, we have those three answers I gave you, and we're like, okay, we're trying to figure out, okay, well, is it a mystery, or did I do something wrong, or did somebody do wrong? And, and we try to figure it all out. Look, I have a lot of questions for God when I get to heaven. I don't understand everything. But he does. There probably won't be an easy answer this side of heaven to a lot of the questions I have. And so just go to him. Don't try to find the reason all the time. Instead, do the next one. Look to help minister to others. This might be the most important point in this is because a lot of times when we're suffering, we kind of close ourselves off. And that may be the moment we're to minister to someone else who is suffering. Maybe even with the same thing that we're suffering with. Is that we aren't meant to live by ourselves. We're meant to look around and see who's around us and and to give our lives away. And, and something happens when I minister to others through my suffering. God helps my suffering. When I'm Jesus to someone else, he shows up in my life in an even bigger way. And so sometimes we're called to reach out. The next thing I love, place yourself in God's presence. Place yourself in God's presence. That's what David did. Even when he messed up so bad and it was his fault, he still put himself in God's presence. He had communion with God. What did Jesus do his whole life? He was always finding times to get away, to get alone with the Father. I and the Father are one. That you'd be one is, is I and the Father. When that, that communion, that fellowship, place yourself in God's presence. David did it with music. Jesus did it with prayer, but get alone with God. Live in his presence. There's power in his presence. Next is let God lead. Let God lead. We need to pray as Jesus did, not my will, but thine be done. Because we have all the knowledge, don't we, to how to get out of suffering. And uh, God, if you could just take care of this difficulty, if you could just... His ways are higher than your ways. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. He will do more than you could ever ask or think. He's got a better plan than you do. So say, God, not my will, but thine be done. Let God lead. And then lastly, await God's help. Await God's help. That's the hope that we have. That's why we can pray, save us. We pray, O Lord. Hosanna. We can say it with expectation. We can say it with faith because he will show up. 
Even if our final words are into my hands, I commit my spirit, you know that he's got you. Even in death, he's got you because death doesn't get the last word. There's always a resurrection. So that's what we learn from this, that we can put our hope in God and that we are not alone. Jesus knows. And, and if you go through the other verses that are in your bulletin, uh, the, one of the verses is the, the, the verse from Philippians where it talks about Jesus emptying himself to become like you and me, becoming obedient even unto death so that he could be our Savior. He's saying, look, I'm stepping out of heaven into earth, not just to show you what God is like, but to be the sacrifice for your sin. For your separation from me, I am coming. And he knows he was like us. And because he was like us, he can save us. And so that's why we want that communion with him, that relationship with him. We, we want it unhindered. We want it uncluttered. We want it unending. We want that fellowship with God. We need to go to him no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through, no matter the difficulties or the sufferings, we cry out, to God. And that's what we're going to do today. As the worship team comes back up, I'm going to ask you to stand and we're going to sing a song. And the name of the song is called Surrounded. Surrounded. David was surrounded by his enemies. Jesus was surrounded by those yelling, crucify him. And, the, and, and you, you may not know the the actual words of the song, it's called Surrounded, but it, it, it goes this way. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Because when I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. So today, you may be sitting here with difficulties and suffering in your life. You may be surrounded, but this is how we fight our battles. We fight it through worship. We fight it through prayer. And let me tell you, when you fight it that way, you're going to be victorious. There's going to be a resurrection. Would you stand with me this morning? Lord, we are surrounded by you. And so we sing this song in faith today. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Sing it out. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you, Lord. It may look like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you, Lord. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. And this is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my It may look like I'm surrounded, 
You shall fight my battles in trust. Trust in the Lord. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. Oh, this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded today. God. There's just even something about, about doing that. Instead of fighting against the suffering and fighting against the difficulties, just to throw up your hands and say, I'm surrounded by you. This is how I'm going to fight my battles. I'm going to stop warring against flesh and blood. I'm, I'm coming to you, God. There, there is no power higher. There's no power greater. That's what David did. David was a mighty warrior, but you know where David fought his best battle? was when he was singing to the Lord. Because the Lord is mighty to save. We give thanks to Him because His love never runs out. His grace is so faithful to us. No matter what we go through, no matter what we face. And so sometimes it just feels better to lift our hands. Let's just sing that again, Leanne. Just let's sing it quietly. This is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you, Lord. It may look like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you, It may look like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We just believe it today. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just believe it today. We put our hope in you, our trust in you, our faith in you, no matter what we're surrounded by, no matter what we're going through. God, thank you that you are faithful, and Lord, that uh, you make it all good in the end. And so, Lord, we just pray, not our will, but thine be done into, our, into your hands. We commit our spirits, Lord. And Lord, no matter what's going on this week, Lord, this is how we get through a difficult week. This is how we fight our battles. 
And Lord, thank you that we can always put our hope, our faith, our trust in you because you are faithful, mighty to save. Thank you, Lord, that you respond to our faith today, respond to our heart cry to you, and Lord, that we can count on you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.